What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, once again, is the home crew. We got Ray Volo, Di Montalbano, back at it. Fellas, how we doing? Doing great. Uh, yeah, I mean, can't say the same. I'm hurting a little Victory. bit. Victory Monday, though. Yeah, Victory it, Monday's Victory a Monday. That should, that should quell your hangover, for sure. Yeah, possibly uh, a weekend... It's definitely a weekend of the decade for myself, possibly of my life. Uh, got engaged over the weekend. Penn oh, State, awesome. fuck Penn State. Thank you, boys. Uh, Penn State, a nice blowout victory against Auburn on the road, and then the Jets. We'll, we'll get we'll get to that on the uh, the NFL recap episode. But what can you say? What a fucking win that was! Yeah, the fucking. I mean, we'll we'll get to it. Like you said, we'll get to it. All right, so this is part one of our part two recap episodes that we're dropping every Tuesday. We're talking college football. Let's get right into the four games that we re- we previewed last week. The first one we got to talk about, Penn State. Um, just a dominant victory over Auburn on the road. And, fellas, I said, it, I said it before we started recording, but the Lawn Boys are back. Yes, the Lawn Boys. The two freshmen, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, uh, 176 and four touchdowns combined. Penn State looked great. Yeah, uh, just flat out decimation. To be completely honest with you, you know, State put the Tigers on a, on a poster, as the uh, the kids like to say. Uh, the offense was, you know, just put on a clinic. Um, I believe we re- referenced it last week when we did a preview. We were talking about how the offense needed to be balanced. It needed to you know, really hit on both cylinders in, in both facets of the game, both running and passing. And it was, it, it was amazing. It was highly efficient. You know, uh, Clifford, I believe only had to um, pass attempt about 18 times. Am I wrong? 19, 19, but you're close. He was highly efficient. Um, and obviously Singleton was a beast. 12.4 yards per carry on only 10, but that's all he needed on 10 attempts. He had two tutties. And Auburn was just outclassed in the trenches. They allowed six sacks, and and uh, you know they had none themselves. So if I, I mean, Saul's going to love this, but and he knows this. If if State, you know, can continue to win the turnover battle, and that balance O looked like it did against Auburn, they going to be scurry. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually I, I was stunned by how one sided this was. Uh, my under hit by the skin of my teeth again yeah, for my teaser. Did. That was fucking great. <laughs> uh, under 54, 53. Gotta love when that shit happens. But uh, I will say this. Can I, can we just, I, I didn't say it before, but Lawn Boys, that may be one of the most whack fucking nicknames I've ever heard in my life. Uh, is it? Yeah. Lawn Boys? Are you kidding? Dude, they just fucking chunk up lawn. Yeah, no, whack. They playing grass, Ray. God, fucking idiot. They, 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 we, need, we need another. Ray's we need like, Ray's kryptonite grass. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> I guess that's uh, <laughs> a good one. Um, yeah. What else you got, Ray? Nothing? I, I'd, uh, yeah, I, I right, got nothing fa- from that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Dean, you you referenced it, the six sacks. I mean, it was. I said it was the, the key to the game going in. It, their defensive line had to do something. They had three sacks. Um, combined in the previous two games, they really got after Finley, um, and they really got after Tank Bigsby running the ball. He could do nothing against them. Um, it looked like a complete 
balance and dominant win. They get Central Michigan, and then they get Northwestern these next two games before they meet their schedule. They're at Michigan, and then they're home against Minnesota, and then home against Ohio State. So got to keep it rolling, got to keep playing well until you get to that big three um, where some problems might arise. But hopefully they're playing their best football going into that game, especially at Michigan. It's going to be a, a very tough game in a hostile environment. At least we get Ohio State at home. Um, but really looking forward to these next few games. And honestly, thank God they're playing well. And I can't say too many bad things about Clifford right now because they're 3-0. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to that Big Ten schedule. Like, I mean, it, it always does. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was a really good win in Auburn, but push comes to shove, you got to win. Yeah, winning conference. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I know Auburn's not not the greatest team this season, but you do need to have, I feel like at least one decently competitive non-conference game now to get into the into the playoff. It's just the way it goes. They they saw it when they won the Big Ten championship. Um, in 2016, they just didn't have that that win. Um, I don't know if uh, Auburn's going to be that win for you, though, Chief. No, it, it, I mean, it's not that they're so high profile, but um, a tough game against an SEC team on the road, um, maybe that maybe that's enough. It, it's tough when especially you have most likely Alabama and Georgia making the playoff as two SEC teams. Um, so spots are limited. True, true that. All right. All right, let's get to our second game. We had number 12, BYU, at number 25, Oregon. Oregon taking a commanding victory, uh, 41-20. to 20. And again, a second straight great game from Bo Nix. Gray, what'd you say? I mean, Bo Nix did well, 13 of 18 passing for 222 yards, a couple tutties, but uh, they really gashed him on the fucking ground. Uh, I know Bo Nix had added three rushing touchdowns on the ground too, but I think they ran for like 250-plus yards, right? I mean, that's the story of the game yeah. here. 212 yards, rushing yards, and they were limited to fucking 61. So, I mean, that that tells you, like, what how why how this game ended up the way it did. Dean? Yeah, no, we uh, we called it. We said uh, the wing condition would be on the ground, first and foremost. And secondly, we said that it was very contingent at the same time on Bo Nix really rolling over some of that confidence that he – you know, got against not a great defense, but five touchdowns, 85% completion is going to give you, you know, it's going to give you confidence if you're playing in the sandlot. So, uh, you know, he, he played well, well enough, 222 yards on, you know, 13, 13 completions. He had two touchdowns passing three on the ground. I, mean, so I just, you, I just said that fine for five. Okay, cool. I'm reiterating Ray. Okay. I didn't know you were a parrot. Yeah, anyway, long behold, Saturday at Duck Stadium. It was Bo next day. Yeah, and uh, and for BYU, uh, Jaron Hall actually had had some, some good numbers, but just doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah. Oregon really shut down this running attack, too, that had been um, the key for BYU, but they held Chris, Chris Brooks for 28 yards on 10 carries, um, and they were able to hold Chase Roberts down, who had been going crazy in the first few games. I think he only had one one big play. Maybe it was like a 35-yarder. Um but they got down early and they really couldn't recover. They were over four on fourth down. They, they went for it a whole bunch of times once they got down, um, just couldn't recover and a, and a blowout win for, for Oregon. They'll, they'll keep it rolling. I, I like that. You said that, that that's honestly what I was most surprised by. Um, and obviously BYU's bread and butter is their O line top 10 O line in the country, 
are I, I, you know, people have argued it's top five going into the going into the season, and it just nothing. Average two point five yards a carry, pretty pretty abysmal. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Oregon had a sack. I think their their offensive line held up uh, in pass pro, but they just couldn't get anything going on in the run game. Yeah, that lack of uh, pass rush for Oregon is really going to be a problem for them if they don't. Uh, they got to figure out a way to get that to the quarterback because they're not going to be winning much games, like big games later in the year with that shit. Like uh, USC and uh, Utah, like you got to be able to pressure those QBs. All right. All right, we'll go to our third game. We had number eleven Michigan State on the road at Washington. Washington, a big win, 38, uh, 39 to twenty-eight. Excuse me. Um, and this was all Michael Penix. I mean, we we said it before the game. He's been a really impressive to start this year. Um, I was never the biggest fan of his at Indiana, but three ninety seven, four touchdowns. I mean, he blew the doors off of, off of uh, off of Michigan State. Yeah, what a what an odd score for a wash a Michigan State Washington yeah. game, right? Like, I feel like we spoke about the both defenses too at the be at the beginning of uh, last week, and we were saying both these defense had been strangleholding people. Yeah, not this game. That's, no, that's not this usually, game. It's fucking wild, though. You wouldn't. I feel like, like, just the stigma. West Coast of these, game. Yeah, right. That's true. I mean, I feel like the stigma of this game that you you think always think it's being a defensive fucking war, but I mean, seven combined touchdown passes for each of the QBs, only one pick, and there. I mean, there wasn't much of a running game. It was more just all out fucking air attack, which is just so, so it's so odd to see. Um, but yeah, Penix, fucking dude. The transfer portal is really changing fucking college football, dude. Like, the, like when you see those people like improve so much year, like year over year, just like just from a new uh, situation, it's really cool to see. Uh, I'm excited to see how he's going to do going forward. Because I mean, like you said, I mean, we didn't talk about it yet, but the Pac-12 is looking pretty good. He's going to have some bigger games later in the year, so I'm, I'm excited to see how he does. Yeah, I'll definitely touch on them a little bit more. Um, also, big, big for big for Washington too. Um, they were able to hold down Jalen Berger, who I mentioned last week as well, Michigan State's running back, who had been going crazy in the first two games. They held him to like 30 yards. Yeah, they had um, like two two yards of carry, I think. Yeah, big big key for them because they don't want to have the game all on all on Peyton Thorne. He played pretty well, but um, that's not their identity. That's not their game plan that they wanted to go into. They also, I mean, shout out to, like you said, Washington's offensive line too. They kept, uh, they kept them upright. I don't think they yes, allowed they a sack all game. Uh, my boy Jacoby Windman, Windman, sorry, who I fucking uh, touched on in the preview episode, no sacks this week. So, um, yeah, they really, really looked good. All right, let's move on to the final game we previewed. It was number thirteen Miami at number twenty four Texas A and M, uh, a Texas A and M team who had been struggling, who had been a stock down for us. Uh, they come away with a big victory. 17 to 9, another game. A Miami, Texas AM game, 17 to 9 is fucking crazy. Yeah. Um for for Miami, they had five drives of eight plays or more. Um, and four of them were at least 12 plays, and they only come away with nine points in those drives, nine points in the whole game. Um, they just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. They missed two field goals. It was just an absolute killer for them. They they could have really won this game uh by double digits, honestly, but Texas AM able to hold them down long enough. Yeah. Uh, the, the, this game was an absolute snooze fest. And it works funny because, at least Vegas does, because I agree with you. Yes, they could have definitely won this game and in part kind of get close to that, you know, get close to that over-under, which 
you know, which we talked about in the preview, actually got ticked down. Well, not ticked down, plummeted down by nine points. Um, you know, throughout crazy the, the under still hit. Still, it's unbelievable. That's these kind of games really put in perspective. And it's funny saying it for me because I bet basically against Vegas. But when Vegas is talking to you, baby, just just listen. Just listen. They're just and, they're just whispering sweet nothings in my ear. Yeah. And you know, that Cristobal ran offense <laughs> looked brute. Van Dyke looked, you know, twenty one of forty one, I'm pretty sure. And he did not look good. I will say he turned it on in the fourth quarter for sure, but that was when they were in desperation mode. Um I'm still kind of shocked. I thought this would be somewhat of a mini coming out party for him. Obviously, I said that, but I should have listened to Vegas. Vegas said, fuck that. That's not going to happen. And it for sure did not. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough, tough game for um, Van Dyke. I mean, it's also a really tough environment to go into College Station. I mean, I know App State just kicked their fucking ass in there, but mm-hmm. it's a big ask. Uh, also, I mean, bad, bad quarterback play all around, too, because Max Johnson, 10 of 20. For 140 yards, I guess that's not getting it done when it comes to SGC play. Let's be real. Yeah, this was his first game, right? Because they they had Haynes King. The, yeah, I guess the other previous games. Um, yeah, so a little bit of quarterback controversy in. Uh, they just got to figure it out. Yeah, it's weird though. It's weird. You think that um, a school with like they have they always have good quarterbacks, but not this year. Looks like not this year. Shout just- out to uh, Antonio Johnson though. Another eight tackles. Uh, leading the team. Uh, I didn't get to watch much of this game because we're too busy celebrating love, but I'm, I'm excited to see him going forward. Nice. All right, so we'll move on to our stock up, stock down portion of the recap episodes. Ray, give me your first stock up. Uh, stock up, I'm going Oklahoma. Uh, this team, I really didn't know what to think of them too much coming in this year. I, I think they, I really wanted to make them my uh, Big 12 pick. In the end, I went Baylor, but you lose Lincoln Riley, you lose Caleb Williams, you lose Mario Williams, and what does their offense do? They average 42 points per game their first three games. Uh, they're led by the transfer Hawaiian QB, Dylan Gabriel, who fucking going off the first three games of the season. Seven, 759 passing yards, seven touchdowns, no picks. Uh, this offense looks really, really efficient. He just went for 230 and two touchdowns against Nebraska. I know Nebraska has been really shitty lately, but it's a tough game, tough place to go into. It's a tough place to go into Nebraska and win, and he did it. Um, senior running back Eric Gray also had a fucking game, 113 yards on 11 carries. I think he had a, a couple touchdowns in there too, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. Um, he's also had a great start to the season too, 286 yards rushing in the first three games. He's averaging over eight yards per carry. This offense looked really, really good, which I think was the big question because – we all know oh, Will Venables led D is gonna show up to fucking play weekly. So this team's gonna seems gonna make some noise in the big uh the Big Twelve. I think they only have a couple of tough games on the on the schedule. I think their next big game is Texas in a couple weeks. So uh I'm excited to see how they do there. I think they're on the road too. Nice Dean. Who you got for your first stock up? Uh first stock up, I'm gonna do one. Kind of obvious. I'll give you a, a not so obvious one for number two. Even though he's playing well, I don't. I don't feel like it'd be someone you would expect in the stock up segment today, at least for this week. But uh, I'm going to say Mo Ibrahim. Uh, I'm sorry, one second. And Mo Ibrahim. You know, I don't think I need to say anything more than 
23 attempts, 202 yards, and a hat trick, which is fucking wild when you actually watch the touchdown runs and a a couple of his gashers, especially that 20-yard touchdown run where he broke about four or five tackles. He looked like, you know, he was putting on a little Marshawn Lynch fucking uh, clinic there. But he's going to get some serious Heisman hype after this, and, I, you know, he probably already is. But he's going to be up there in probably like top four, top five range going into next week for sure. Yeah, I think he's definitely top five conversation. Yeah. I was going to say – I was writing it out before. It's probably like four, in my opinion. All right. So uh, so my first stock up, um, we're going to go right back to it. It's Bo Nix. I mean, back-to-back weeks, five touchdowns in each game, um, especially coming off an embarrassment against Georgia. He needed to rebound. And, I mean, from what we've seen in the past of Bo Nix, too, extremely sloppy with the ball, um, just – couldn't make the big plays when he needed to, but he has done that these past two weeks. He's got as many touchdowns as he has interceptions in the last two games. Um, so hopefully that offensive line can protect him. He can protect the ball. And uh, Oregon keeps rolling because they need to. This, this Pac-12 has got some good teams. You, you have such a soft spot for Bo Nix. I really oh, hate so <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it, you say that, but I feel like you always kind of like – you always defend him or hype him up a little bit. Yeah. You don't want guys to get bogged down too much. Personally by me too. <laughs> All right, Ray, give me your uh, your second stock up. Second stock up, I'm going the old miss running back Zach Evans. Uh former five star recruit. You know I love that shit. Top ranked running back in the twenty class. And he this is his first year at Ole Miss after transferring from TCU. And honestly, he is tailor made for this offense. He's tailor made for this fucking Lane Kiffin spread, high pace. He gets outside. That guy is he really makes that one cut and he's fast. He's like six foot listed two fifteen. He's lean. He kind of has this like Kamara esque build to him, but dude, he is not afraid to lower his pads and run through defenders. Uh he just went off for 134 yards, 18 carries, and two touchdowns. Already has 317 yards on the season, averaging 6.5 yards per carry. Uh in this day and age, running backs, they only have so much tread on the tires. If he keeps this up, he's declaring for the draft, and I wouldn't be surpri- surprised if he goes in the first two days. Ooh, a little spicy there. All right, Dean, who you got for your second stock up? So my second stock up, I was actually going to go Garrett Schrader, uh, the quarterback for Qs since they're 3-0, and they had a really impressive win against the Boilermakers. But I just want to talk about this guy because – I have a bold prediction that I need to say, and it needs to be accompanied by this. I, I'm going to have my other stock up guys, Cam Rising. You know that Utah and especially that Utah team, and especially that offense, just put on an absolute another slacking. He put he put up four TDs, and he has seven now over the past two weeks with no picks. You know he had that one pick at Florida that that was honestly great anticipation by the DB. He's really starting to establish this, – this is the big part for me. He's really, really starting to establish, you know, some rhythm with his scary tight end tandem with Keithy and Kincaid, and that's the best tight end tandem in the country. And if, if he's starting to utilize those – I think Georgia wants to talk. Yeah, I think Georgia would actually spit in your fucking face. <laughs> they, they have three <laughs> tight ends who all might be like day two picks. I like these guys better. Anyway, telling you, I'm telling you right now, 
I still have a ton of confidence in this team. And I think they're a sneaky team to win out. I know they're playing, I believe, USC, Oregon, Oregon State. But I think there's a scary team that they could still win out, win that Pac-12. Well, they're definitely winning Pac-12, let's be real. And then uh, make it to the college football playoff. Dean's got that anti, the, the like opposite of the like the normal West Coast bias. Dean loves the fucking West Coast. Well, he's a Utah fan. fucking hippies. Utes, Utes, baby. He's a Utah fan. Let him celebrate a nice win. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm gonna stick on that Utah train a little bit. I'm gonna talk about the entire Pac-12. This is a conference that I have talked a lot of shit about, um, especially in the first first few weeks, um, but. There are some good teams in this conference. USC looks really fucking good. They look legit. Um, Washington just beat a ranked Michigan State team. Oregon just beat a ranked BYU team. Utah's rolling now after losing their first game against Florida. Um, obviously, it remains to be seen if any of these teams can actually beat Alabama or Georgia. And Oregon obviously can't beat Georgia. Um, and maybe, I don't even know if I want to put Ohio State in that class yet. We'll see. Um, but... We'll see, we'll see which of these teams are for real coming down the, the stretch of this Pac-12 uh, conference schedule. We'll see who rises to the top. I really, th- I really think it's going to be between USC and, and Utah or two teams that we highlighted during the first preview episode. Um, but it'll be really interesting. Stock up for Pac-12. Some, some big wins this week. All right, so that'll wrap it up for our stock ups. Let's move on to our stock downs. Ray, who's the first stock down? So, uh, I'm going nice. to stay in the pack, and I'm going stock down for our, our boy. Our, we love him, Her- Herm Edwards. Oh, My man got the axe. After, axe on uh, the field. Yeah, on the field. That's fucking brutal. Tired, that is actually brutal. I think, he, brutal. I, think he earned, I think he earned the right to maybe, you know, for not, not to happen. He's a fucking Herm, you know. He's a legend. Uh, but yeah, four plus seasons, and uh, he's gone now. Twenty six and twenty was his overall record, and he, they gave it to him after they lost to Eastern Michigan thirty to twenty one at home. So I mean, that's a tough loss. I mean, you can't have that shit against when you're a Pac twelve team like Arizona State, and you have like these expectations. Uh, he never finished below five hundred, surprisingly, in the season, but he only has one bowl win, so it's not surprising. Plus, they have all these, um investigations going on and like there a bunch of people are gonna apparently can they're gonna hand down a lot of uh a lot of penalties for them that's what they're saying at least uh and before this year they he lost both his coordinators his starting quarterback starting running back and his top two wide receivers so this was it didn't look pretty going into the year and it ended probably even worse than he expected yeah r.i.p herm yeah tough for our boy herm dean who you got for your first stock down so for this one I'm going to go a little bit out of the box. Uh, not going to be tied to a big-time team. We're going to the ACC. I'm actually going to talk about a draft-eligible guy who I thought really took a, a hit to his draft stock. Um, and I'm going to I'm talking about Sean Tucker, running back for Cuse. Go Orange. Go Orange. Of course, go Orange. Uh, but he went 18 for 42 in a fumble. You know, he looks sluggish. I believe he had two catches for like 20 yards. He didn't really finish runs well. And, you know, he's a top 10 running back prospect. You know, some even have him in his top, in top seven, top six. And 
you know, that'll definitely be a hit with a lot of other guys in his class kind of kind of rising up. For example, like a stock up guy had Mo Ibrahim, so that, that that'll hurt his draft stock for sure. All right, so my first stock down uh, is going to be the Houston Cougars um, coming into the season, a ranked team. Um, they get an absolutely insane week one victory over UTSA. That, that really hurt some of our bets. Um, but then back-to-back tough losses, uh, overtime against Texas Tech, um, and then they just like look like absolute shit getting schlacked by Kansas this week. Kansas ran the ball for 280 yards. Um and Houston was up 14-0 in the first seven minutes of gameplay. Um, so not not to mention, too, you got two of your wide receivers brawling on this on the sideline uh, in the middle of the game. So really, really tough look for Houston. I feel like everybody's starting to feel it on, on that side. So first stock down for Houston after being the uh, Conference USA champs last year. It does not look so likely this year. Is Dana, is Dana on the hot seat? I mean, we'll see. It's a, those guys brawling. That was insane. That's insane. Tough look. Yeah, a really bad look. All right, Ray, give me your uh, your final stock down. I mean, we already touched on that earlier, but uh, stock down Auburn. This was an absolutely brutal, brutal loss for the program. I feel like everyone's job's on the line, starting from the head coach to all the way up to the um, athletic director. I know they were talk- there's been a lot of like, rumors going into the season that there's going to be some turnover, but I think this – almost kind of secures it 41 to 12 loss allowed 245 on the ground to Penn state. They absolutely got fucking gashed by the quote unquote lawn boys, lawn boys, uh, lawn boys. And then going back like their, their, their MO has been their run game and they've only, they only ran for 119 yards, averaging 3.3 yards per carry tank had a disastrous game. Who I, I really wanted to see play well this going in, but only ran for 39 yards. And then this quarterback situation, brutal. Just Finley and Ashford each threw 19 times. They barely completed 50% of their passes, and they each had a pick, I'm pretty sure. And I think Finley had a fumble on top of it. So this quarterback situation is brutal. It doesn't look like it's going to get any better. And once they get to SEC play, this team's going to get fucking slack, dude. They can't, you can't win the SEC if you can't throw the fucking ball. Uh I'm. I think it's safe to say that Brian Harson's going to be looking for a new job after this season because I don't see him making it through. Yeah, agreed. Um, Dean, who you got for your final stock down? Yeah, no. For the sake of time, I'm going to make it really short, considering we we went over this in uh, in decent detail. But it's going to be Van Dyke for me. You went 21 of 41, only that you know a hair over 50 percent completion, 217. You know, he couldn't punch it in the end zone. They were basically anemic when they got into A&M territory, which I understand is going to be hard when you're when you're down at A&M. But this is a guy who probably should have already been a stock down for us. And I just – I don't believe he has, right? I wasn't here. Last he, week he, he was uh, partially mentioned. Yeah, he was mentioned. Well, yeah, well, he should be fully mentioned because, you know, he lackluster against Southern Miss and – pretty good against bcu it's good to know when dean misses a pod he's not even yeah he doesn't um, even listen he doesn't even get caught up on the content okay i, I listen to most if not all of it what the fuck are you talking about anyway yeah that's about it for sake of time let's let's keep it keep moving all right yeah so so my my final stock down is uh Cade mcmara quarterback for michigan um did get injured in this game against uconn but 
even before that, it was JJ McCarthy's job. Uh, even though his first start when they played Colorado State, um, they did win in big fashion. He did not look good. Um, his numbers are completely inflated by a 70 yard bubble screen um, that went to the house. But this offense just looks so much better when McCarthy's running it. He's the five star that came in last year um, and he was kind of their gadget guy, great with his legs. Um, but this offense is just so much more dynamic when J.J. McCarthy is in and not Cade McNamara. And honestly, it, Cade's probably looking for a new home. We talked about the transfer portal a little earlier. Probably looking for a new home next year because McCarthy's not going anywhere. He's only a sophomore. Fuck the team up north. Yeah. <laughs> they've been schla- I mean, they haven't played anybody, but they've been slacking people. Be a nice uh, – once they actually play a real team, it'll be interesting to see see what they are. All right, so that'll wrap it for our stock no, no. up, oh, stock yeah. down. What? No, no, no. I thought you were going to end the episode. I wasn't wrapping the episode, right? This is the yeah. fucking main point of the episode. I know, yeah. We'll, we'll uh, talk about units. I know, yeah. I don't know. Right. I'm excited because your your boy's in the lead. So. Right. You think I talk? You think I want to talk about the games? I want to talk about my bets. <laughs> okay, we could. We. I'm totally fine with skipping this part. Yeah, I bet you are, Pat yeah, Red. Yeah, this guy fucking sucks. Um, Ray, talk me, talk me through your, talk me through your five units. Yeah. So, uh, your boy had a pretty productive, uh, Saturday at least. Um, you got off so, the snide. Yeah. I got off the snide a little bit, you know, short memory. Uh, first my six point teaser, uh, 54 under 54 in Auburn, Penn state and Miami plus 11 and a half that smashed. That was a one unit, even money. So I hit one there. USC minus 11 and a half versus Fresno State. That hit. So that was a two unit bet. I hit for 1.66. Nice. Um, my one loss was Texas Tech and NC State over 54 and a half. That one didn't even come particularly close. So that was a unit loss there. But then my final one was uh, we mentioned it earlier the Kansas Houston game over 57 and a half. That was a fucking barn burner. That smashed. That hit for over 70 points. Uh, so I want that was a one unit bet at 1.94. So on the week, I think I was up for uh, about 2.6 units for college. So that's good. I think I'm back at the positive on the year, if I'm not mistaken. So Very nice. only up from here, baby, to the moon. Good, good week. Yep. All right, Dino. Talk to me. Yeah, I don't know. It got all blurry. Um, uh, I had two and a half units on team total over 19 and a half on Miami. And we talked about this. Vegas was screaming at me. And I basically just chose not to listen. Uh, shame on me. I I definitely deserve a walk of atonement for that one. Shout out Thrones. Shout out House of Dragon. Um, and then I put my my last two and a half units on Houston minus nine and a half, thinking that Kansas was all talk, no no bite, all bark, no bite. Let's say, uh, but they fucking let them destroy them. Absolutely pitiful on defense, and. Yeah, I don't know if I went positive or negative, but that's basically my recap. Uh, I mean, you lost both games, so you're negative. If Damn. my math's correct, two point yeah. two point five plus two point five equals minus five. I'm not positive. I'm, I'm no math magician. The only, thing, the only thing that matters is if you're up or down in NFL. I don't. I don't bet college. We run a podcast where we bet on college games. <laughs> I bet on college. I, I'm saying I bet on college. I, I I would never say I'm good at betting on college. I think I'm <laughs> solid at betting on NFL. I think that's I pretty. It's pretty self evident. I'm at, actually let, let, let me let me re, let me actually say this definitively. If it hasn't already, every one of my college bets should be should be taken as like 
like a free fade info on wins. You just need to fade me. Yeah. It's free info. Nice. I'm not even kidding. I could pay for his, I could have a subscription payment. Yeah. Well, you're down uh, 16.18 units in college football through three weeks. So, talk about it. Holy I've only bet 20. Does Alyssa know the fucking apartments up, <laughs> up for eviction? Jesus <laughs> I'm Christ. I'm honestly starting to get a little, a little wet outrage. I don't know if I can keep betting this shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I always have side bets that just absolutely miss by a mile too. Christ, I don't know. I think it's more than no. I, I think it's more you know the less you know in this fucking in college. To be honest with you, sure. All right, so I'll, ra- I'll wrap. Be it a fucking forward. genius, then. Jesus <laughs> Christ! No, I'm not <laughs> kidding. <laughs> All right, so I'll wrap it for us. Uh, we'll stay positive here. Uh, it's really any given Sunday. Because me uh, and me and Ray at least keep the podcast positive. Um, <laughs> first bet, I had Western Kentucky plus six and a half against Indiana. They did lose, uh, but by three, kept it close. Um, so one unit win there. Uh, my mortal lock of the year. Yeah. Everybody was talking about it. Twitter was Twitter was buzzing about it. The mortal lock <laughs> of the year. I think it was trending. It yeah, it was viral. It went viral. Um, and when you're trending, you have to slam, and this does slam. Uh, a two-unit win at uh, Georgia minus sixteen and a half. Spencer Rattler fucking blows. <laughs> uh, and then uh, USC taking care of business minus four and a half against Fresno State. So a nice win there. I did lose my second uh, two-unit tease. Um, hit the first part. Texas Tech uh, plus seventeen and a half against NC State. Uh, but obviously BYU did not cover 10 and a half. Thought that would be a little closer game, but you know, Oregon runs away with it. So uh, 0.7 victory for myself in college football. And I'll take anything green after last week. Can't go yeah. broke taking a profit. To, those, say, who, right? to uh, those who listened, by the way, to last week's preview and especially looked at the description of the episode, I put in parentheses next to next to sauces declared lock of the year. That he, I've never heard him say that. I say I that shit. I say that shit all the time because I have a problem. But and I, you know, I hear anyone who's degenerate will, will, will say that on occasion. And I'm not saying sauce is devoid of degeneracy, but I've never heard him say that. I'm still kind of shocked he said that, and not as shocked that it that it hit. That it makes too. I should have followed that. Honestly. Yeah, I don't think I've ever said that before in my life. But that was the lock of the year. It was. All right, so that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles for our part one of our recap episode. Just wrapped up college football. We'll be moving on to the NFL. So we got some crazy games to recap. Um, So stay with us. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our new Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. And stick with us as we continue this 2022-2023 football season, fellas. Appreciate you. Love you.